Broadcast live from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. It's the Camaro C28.com podcast with your host Chris Frezza and Jason Debler. Strap in. It's the Camaro C28.com podcast on the air. And welcome back to another episode of the CamaroZ28.com podcast. Number 50. This is number 50. I'm Chris. And I'm Jason. we got a special guest today. We're sitting here with our friend Scott Settlemeyer. The hey, F-Bot father. Yep, we just got off uh, Woodward Avenue with the uh, Chevrolet Camaro concept. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to say we were driving it, but unfortunately mm-hmm. we weren't. But it was a great show nonetheless, and uh, the approval rating of everybody on Woodward was unbelievable. Oh, man, the comments, the whistling, the cheering. Yeah, it was great. It was almost like we were uh, a one, well, three-vehicle parade. Well, there was the occasional Challenger fan, but, you know, we pretty much ignored them. <laughs> what I did notice is that a lot of the guys in the Mustangs were given the thumbs up, and even one even said, hey, I'm going to buy one of those, but no love from the Dodge Boys. <laughs> and it, it's kind of uh, interesting to see how the tables have turned. It used to be... Camaro versus Mustang, and now it seems like it's not quite as much, uh, considering what's going on with the Challenger and uh, Jason Fines oh, do- yeah. doing the uh, press conference for the Challenger. And well, what do you know? Coincidentally, <laughs> the Camaro truck just happens to drive by. That was pretty funny. Purely we know, coincidental. We but. know nothing about that. That's our story, and we're just sticking to it. <laughs> so it seems like the rivalry now, or soon to be in the future, is going to be. Camaro versus Challenger. Well, the the, uh, the views on the board are, are very positive. We, we've seen a couple negative ones saying, you know, GM missed the boat on this. You know, it's not coming out soon enough. You know, Chrysler, you know, is, is really taking a step. And you know, if yeah, I, in fact, I, I piped in the other night. Uh, I reminded people we said that we're going to start production in the fourth quarter of two thousand and eight, and last night was August sixteenth, which meant that we were less than um, fifteen days from the fourth quarter of 2006, which means that's two years from now. That's right. It's uh, a relatively easy car to do in, in terms of the Challenger because they're essentially taking an existing architecture, the Chrysler 300 and the Charger, and they're making a new body for it. And of course, they'll do some chassis tuning and such. But they're starting with an existing platform. We, on the other hand, are starting with a fresh sheet of paper. There is no architecture that we're starting off on. This is a brand new architecture we're making no compromises with this car. And the other thing is you want to make sure that when you take a hallowed nameplate like Camaro, that it's right. So we're about two, uh, two years and maybe three or four months before you can actually walk into the showroom and buy one. Okay. Does that mean that it might get moved back? Possibly. Does it mean it could be moved forward? Possibly. Mm. Okay. So it could go either, in either direction. The first quarter of 2009 isn't exactly set in stone at this point. We will serve no Camaro before it's time. <laughs> a lot of people are concerned about with it being a brand new platform, and of course the first year of production, uh, many people are making comments about, uh, I won't buy the first one, too many bugs, I don't want to have any problems. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say that uh, this isn't the 1980s any longer, where first, right. first year vehicles just don't have the same kind of bugs due to quality control, and, and right. General Motors and Chevrolet, of course, puts a lot into that. Well, obviously, we know that this is a car that enthusiasts are going to obviously embrace. It's the type of car that people go out and lovingly wax and polish all the time. Uh, they're going to be noticing things, and they're going to be looking for things to go wrong with it. It's the same way with a Corvette, so we understand that. And you're right, it isn't the 80s or the 70s. Um, it's a different world. Uh, 
That's why I say we could say we're going to bring the car out in 18 months, but I think that that's unrealistic um, to make sure that you have the car the way we want it, that it's a quality car, and that there are no problems with it. Everything seems to be looking pretty good. Um, of course, we all want it to come out tomorrow, but I, like you, I, I don't think I'd want to buy it and have it not be what I expect a Camaro to be. And uh, it seems to be that a lot of people out there, they don't seem to mind either. Uh, I don't mind at all. You know, I mean... It, I bought two first model year cars in the last three or four years. I bought a 2004 CTS-V, and I bought a 2005 Pontiac G6. I didn't have any problems with either of them. In terms of build quality... Well, the other thing is, too, remember, you know, 15 years ago, uh, if something went wrong with a car, you read about it in the magazines or the newspaper, or you heard it, you know, when you met friends. The advent of the Internet has changed everything. One thing goes wrong... And it's everywhere, yeah. especially if it's an American-built car. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, that doesn't always necessarily happen with our, <laughs> our import friends, <laughs> our foreign friends, I should say. Uh, but, you know, so we understand that. We understand that. Okay. Moving on to uh, where you've been since the Camaro went on hiatus, you've obviously switched positions. You became the uh, manager of shows and exhibits? Uh, Chevrolet and Hummer, actually. Chevrolet and Hummer. Yes. So... You're not going back to Camaro brand manager. That's not well. You know, I don't know that that's a true statement. We we don't actually have a brand manager yet. Uh, Cheryl Pilcher, who you both met at the uh, at the event last week, and many people know her f- uh, from uh, her Corvette days, is the product manager on this car right now. Um, and she and I talk a lot. Uh, I guess I'm the the keeper of the Camaro, if you will, in terms of the history of the car. And the voice of the customer, because I meet a lot of you as I travel around the country to these different car shows. Uh, so I wouldn't say that it's not going to happen. I do believe that I uh, could probably do a better job for Chevrolet Motor Division uh, in terms of exhibit manager, because I'm the one that has to figure out how we present the cars to you at a car show. There's 65 major shows a year. Uh, we expose our products to over 30 million people in those car shows. And most people would rather have a root canal than walk into a dealership. So <laughs> the way we present our cars in an auto show is very important. So it's a responsibility that I take very, very seriously. And frankly, regardless of what I do, if I'm the exhibit manager, I'll be the one that shows how the Camaro is presented to you in an auto show, just as it was uh, in um, Detroit when we unveiled the car. Um, would it happen? Maybe. I don't know. I've, I have some... Sp- mixed feelings about that. I would love to go back, but on the other hand, I don't know that I want to continue to sit in meetings where you talk for hours and hours and hours about millimeters and why things don't fit the way they should. Um, I guess I'm, I'm too much of a type A personality. So I would rather be the voice of the customer to Chevrolet and the Camaro. And in fact, I, I do uh, dabble a little bit, well, a lot actually, in the SS strategy as to what the SS is, what it has been, what it should be, what it shouldn't be. So to put but you're sorry you asked me that question. That well, took forever. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, so to put a lot of people's fears aside, you're still definitely going to have a hand one way or another in the next car. Oh, I'm not going to go away. You can't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> um, you know, I will. Regardless of what happens, I will continue to support the uh, Camaro Firebird clubs around the country. I feel very strongly that we that we need to take good care of our Firebird friends also. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to go away. I'll still be involved one way or another with the car, regardless of what my title is. We talked about Cheryl a little bit in the last podcast, just kind of giving everybody yeah. a heads up that, that she's going to be kind of taking care of things for a while. Oh, absolutely. We're in great hands with Cheryl. Cheryl was the chassis engineer on the fourth-generation car. 
she is an engineer by profession. Uh, she's extremely smart. She uh, has a great way of presenting herself. Uh, I think one of the things I absolutely love about Cheryl is when she goes in to fight for a point of view, she has a strategy. And most people don't have a strategy when they're trying to sell a point of view. Hmm. And it was mm -hmm. interesting to watch what happened when she was working on the Corvette and her interaction with a lot of people. And she got her point across. And so I couldn't be happier that Cheryl is involved in the car. Uh, we're in great hands. And she's an enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's an enthusiast, too. So she's going to go to like bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah. seemed like a movie. You mother. know, she has a couple of young children. Now, you know, with young children, it's a little more difficult to just take off for a weekend and go to a Camaro show or go over to Woodward Avenue one evening and cruise. Yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate that way. I, you know, I don't have to worry about that. But she's an enthusiast. She loves driving cars. She loves driving cars fast. Uh, we've been through several driving schools together. And uh, plus the fact she's a hoot. And she's easy <laughs> on the eyes, too. Kind of cute, yeah. 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 Uh, her father uh, was a, uh, a chief engineer at General Motors. And her husband is the, uh, was the product manager on both the Monte Carlo and Impala and has moved over to marketing manager. So she's a GM family. Excellent. It's great. Yeah, it's great to know that uh, somebody who's really interested in not only the performance aspect, but just making things right yeah. and doing it smart. So she's definitely on our side, uh -huh. and that's good to hear. I think mm -hmm. that's going to be a big concern with everybody, especially people who get who've yep. gotten to know your name over the years and have gotten to meet you at the various shows and things like that. So, uh, what are the plans for the Camaro concept this uh, coming weekend at the Woodward Dream Cruise? Well, since last Wednesday evening, we've had it on the, a trailer going up and down Woodward. Um, with the 69 pace car people say well why aren't you driving it and the reason yeah. we're not driving it is because we don't want it to crash into something <laughs> by the way everybody can tell what time it is because my <laughs> clock is going off in the background here uh, so pay no attention to that clock it's late uh, we've been pulling it up and down the road simply because if you drive it and somebody runs into it what do you do exactly uh, so it's going to be going up and down woodward uh, and on Saturday, I believe it is, Rick Wagner, our chairman of the board, will be driving it on Woodward. And, of course, it will be at the triangle of Woodward Avenue and Old Woodward Avenue right there in Birmingham uh, under a tent. And we have between that location and the Coney Island, uh, Athens-Coney Island, we have probably about 70 cars from our historic collection that's going to be out there. And uh, we also have Jason Debler's Camaro is going to be out yes, there. And that's pretty cool. Very, very cool. So by all means, stop by, take a look at the car, take a look at a lot of our old cars. We've mm -hmm. just uh, added a few real interesting Chevrolets to the collection. And uh, the other thing is, is you'll notice that a lot of the police are driving new Chevrolets, uh, some, some Corvettes, Corvettes <laughs> uh, an XRV, which is an oh, interesting nice. police car, and of course our beloved 2002 B4C Camaro, which we uh, used last week to escort the concept car into the tech center with. So Excellent. When, when you be watching for all those pretty Chevys with lights on the top. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Going back to the Woodward thing, um, we're realizing how many people were seeing the car in person for the very first time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we couldn't you, make it to the shows. You just drive by and they're like, oh, look, it's it's the new Camaro. Yeah, the fact that they were seeing and it for the first you, time in person was Did you notice it's all ages, too? Yeah. It's not just 18-year-olds. It's not 35-year-olds. It's, it's young not 60-year-olds. <laughs> it's young, old, male, female, a dog. Yeah. Remember the dog <laughs> yeah, the that was dog. hanging out of the, uh, the uh, truck window looking at it? Yeah. So it, it really is... Uh, 
it really is striking a chord with with America and Canada and the world. In fact, uh, I got to tell you, I don't know that we've ever had a car that's been this well embraced. It so we like have it. great expectations. Uh, interestingly enough, I'll throw this one in there just for food for thought for a future podcast. This was the third start on the Camaro. The third start. The third start. When was the first? Uh, before the old car went away. So this isn't something that they just whipped together in the past year. Well, no, because this is an all-new architecture. We had looked at it on various architectures. At one point, we had looked at, at putting it on uh, uh, a hybrid of the Corvette and the CTS. Okay. Uh, using the Corvette frame rails and the rear bucket from a CTS and its axle. Um, there were a whole bunch of different thoughts, but it kept getting stalled. Uh, but the good news is it's back, and that's why I kept saying keep the faith, because with a name this important, as we all can see, it would be back. I just couldn't talk about it. Yeah. So looking back on the, on the past four years and thinking about the hiatus in 2002, and a lot of people said, well, GM's forgetting about us, Chevrolet's forgetting about us. That wasn't the case. No. There was something going on. It was just... Let me tell you something. We understand that Camaro Firebird owners are our most loyal customers. Now, some people would say, well, what about Corvette owners? And Corvette owners can be, but you know they're very, very loyal with Corvette, but they aren't necessarily loyal to Chevrolet or General Motors the way our Camaro and Firebird enthusiasts are. Uh, we did a study a couple years ago, and 82% of our Camaro Firebird enthusiasts had a Chevy in the garage, and over 92% had a GM car in the garage. So... You know, we understood that this was going to upset some people. We knew that we would lose some people to the dark side. Um, I keep saying, read my book. There's a lot that I still can't talk about, but there was a reason the car went away. There were several reasons. The most important thing is, is it's coming back, and it's coming back in a car that we can all be proud of. Excellent. And we couldn't be happier about it, oh, really. Right. Man. So now that we covered the past four years, and of course a couple of years before that even, what... Uh what can everybody on our message board and, of course, just automotive enthusiasts in general, what can they expect to happen or to hear about in the next couple of years? Would it be, is it going to be just as silent as the past four years were? Or are we going to start oh, getting I don't think so, no. I mean, you know, we want to keep you happy. We want to keep you excited about the car. Um, there was some real consternation that should we show the car this early. Uh, the car was not approved until August. It okay. August 1st or 2nd. We still did not have approval. The board voted on it. We tried to keep it quiet. Obviously, it leaked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we want to keep the excitement there. Um, shortly, we'll be telling you where we're going to build the car. Uh, I can guarantee you, you can write in the family Bible, it will not be built in Australia. That's just not going to happen. They don't have the capacity. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to build it over there. However, because Holden has lead on global rear-wheel drive, they're doing a lot of work in the car. A lot of the and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. They seem to have the, the rear-wheel drive thing down pat right. over there in Australia. Look, yeah. as, as a global corporation and with the fact that we have competition that nobody's ever seen before, I mean, think about this. There's 270 nameplates right now that you can go out and buy. Okay. By the end of the decade, it's going to be over 320 nameplates. Wow. I mean, it's staggering. So for us to exist, we've got to take our platforms worldwide. And it doesn't make sense to engineer a rear-wheel drive platform in the United States and also one in Australia. There are huge economies of scale if you can do it one way. The other thing is we link up the computers. We have real-time conversations sure. through computers. Yeah. And it just makes a lot of sense. Now, 
once it's engineered, you do have to tune it and you do have to make some tweaks because their roads are different than ours, their fuel is different than ours, their safety standards are completely different than ours. So there are some differences. And the other thing is is that this, this architecture should allow us to do more than just, say, a Camaro. Good to hear. And that'll help meet mm. the production numbers that we're looking to get. Absolutely. And that'll justify continuing the Camaro for years to come. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So there, there was just one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and that was, um, I guess there's some dealerships already taking <laughs> deposits on well, a car that yeah. hasn't even been built well, yet. Well, and, and I will tell you that there was a dealer here in Metro Detroit that was taking cash deposits. We put a stop to it immediately. Uh, it wasn't 24 hours after we announced that we were going to build the car that a few dealers got on eBay and were selling the chance to buy their first car, and I believe we've put a stop to that. As soon as I saw that, I sent it off to our our people in the corporation. We don't feel that that's the right thing to do. Uh, let me say this. By law, we cannot tell a dealer what to sell a car for. If he decides to take a $30,000 car and sell it for $0.10, cents, we can't stop him. If he decides to charge $300,000 for it, we can't stop him. It's called antitrust. And so if a dealer chooses to do that, we're not very happy about it. But we can't go out and say we're going to sue you or we're going to terminate you or we're going to make you stand in the corner. Every uh, employee at General Motors and any other manufacturer that goes and has any contact with a dealer, when they go to work for the company, there is a pile of papers that sits about, oh, six inches high Mm -hmm. of all the different laws that you have to know about, and that's one of them. It's one of the first ones. Hmm. So we're not happy about it, but I would also say this. It's simply a matter of free market. There are 4,250 Chevy dealers out there. If a dealer's charging over sticker, just say no and walk out. That's what we say. All right? There's another dealer out there that would be happy to take your money and sell you a car. At a fair and reasonable price. That's correct. And while I'm on that subject, anytime that you're buying a car, please talk to people. Find the good dealers out there. Most of our dealers are good. The bad part of that is is that we've got a few bad ones, and they ruin it for everybody, and people never remember the good dealer. They only remember the bad ones. Sure. Go out and talk. Do your shopping. It may be worth spending another $100 to buy from a good, reputable dealer. That's exactly what we were talking about in the last podcast. We kind of touched on that. Well, I was a little bit more emphatic about it (laughs) in our last podcast. But, uh, yeah, like like I say, uh, when the time comes... Spend an extra day or two days or whatever it takes to find a dealer that's going to going to treat you right. Because chances are, if they're going to treat you right price-wise, they're going to treat you right service-wise and so on and so forth. Exactly. I guess I want to take the opportunity to thank everybody that's listening to the podcast for keeping the faith. I know it was pretty difficult. I've said this, and some of you have heard me say this before, but, you know, you could have said, the heck with General Motors. I'll never buy another General Motors car, but but you didn't. And you could have said to me, the heck with you, I don't believe a word you say. Um, The heck with you, but you didn't. You kept the faith, and we're grateful for that. And um, I think when this car hits the street, you're going to be very, very happy. And we thank you for your loyalty. We don't take that lightly. It sometimes appears in a large corporation that we don't care about our customers. Be assured that's not the case. Well, that's good to know. That's yeah, good to know. I think that'll put a lot of people's fears at rest. And I think uh, I think a vast majority of the people out there, they, they're just looking forward to it. they got no real complaints. And quite frankly, neither do we. And I think yeah. we made that awfully clear. Absolutely. So you've got a plane to catch. I do. <laughs> and we got to go to work in the morning. Yep. So you we're going to wrap up podcast number 50. We thank you yep. very much for your time once again. My pleasure. Thanks, Glad Scott. you could ride with us this evening uh, up and down Woodward and uh, see 
Boy, there are a lot of Camaros and Firebirds sure out there. Sure was. Tons. So we're Tons. glad you could come over. We certainly hope you enjoyed yourself. No, we sure did, and we'll yep. be back again on Saturday. So we'll stop by the Chevrolet display and see the Camaro concept and, and see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We will see you next week. Yep. Don't forget to buckle up each and every time. No excuses. Couldn't forget about that one. Yep. Thanks a lot, Scott. See you later. Later on. Thanks for listening to the CamaroZ28.com podcast. If you have questions or comments for Chris and Jason, call our voicemail hotline, 586-486-3182, or send your comments by email, webmasters at CamaroZ28.com. Don't forget to stop by the website for more information and show notes for today's show. Also, check out the forums and other resources at CamaroZ28.com. It's all there for you. Once again, thank you for listening to CamaroZ28.com podcast. We'll see you next week.